Enterprising in my surroundings I'm finding the quietest estates these days Just representation of storm brewing Amazed that the focus remains The vocal focal point of my change Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast I'm your host, Matt Chittam And this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there Who are working hard to get better While balancing running with the rest of their lives I'm so excited today because we have our first following up episode, recap episode with one of the people that we followed all year long over on the Road to the Trials podcast. And who knows, maybe you're listening to this on the Road to the Trials podcast. So we're posting this on the Rambling Runner feed as well as the Road to the Trials. Uh, I've been posted over on Road to the Trials for about a month, month and a half uh, after all of our athletes, their season came to a conclusion. And I'm just excited to catch up with all these athletes over the next couple of weeks. This week, we have Frank Laura, which is this episode, and Olivia Baker as well. So you might be hearing it on one of those two podcast streams. Thank you so much for listening. I really, really appreciate it. That is for sure. So let's get into it with Frank Laura. Frank, welcome back to the show, my man. Hello, Matt. It's good to be back. It's been a while. It has. I'm so excited to chat with you, and we're catching up with everybody uh, who participated at the Olympic Trials, who were part of our Road to the Trials series. We're actually going to be publishing this over on the Rambling Runner feed. The Road to the Trials feed is over. Adios, Olympic Trials feed. Uh, so we'll be publishing this over on the Rambling Runner podcast. And I know that a lot of people are interested to hear about you and everybody else. And, and not only, I mean, everyone who has been following the show is aware of the results and what happened there and what happened with you and things like that just from a results perspective. But obviously, this whole series has been much more than that, right? There would be no need to talk to you if all we cared about were the times and the <laughs> metrics and things like that. Um, so I guess first things first, how are you feeling today? I know, actually, before we go back, let's just talk about the recent past because you just had an awesome result this past weekend. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I ran at the big seven, seven miler this past Saturday and honestly like after the trials like took a few weeks easy and I've just kind of been doing like effort-based training since then and this was just kind of like all right let's see how let's see what kind of shape we're in (laughs) um yeah and it it went well ended up leading most of the race that wasn't the plan at all but it just kind of happened and um yeah fell a little short with like a quarter mile to go but uh I fought a good battle against Leonard Career who ended up beating me by I think just under a second so it was definitely an awesome race and a sweet experience to like kind of start off my like next season with yeah and it's interesting are you this is almost like a college experience where like you have like a spring season and then like like there's the summer is kind of like the off season and then you're diving into like a fall season now is that from a pro's perspective obviously you know you're 25 years old it's like you've been pro for a super long time has is this kind of a um an atypical season for you or are you just used to atypical seasons as a pro considering the past few years <laughs> i honestly don't know what to expect i mean when i first started off um with with roots richie like asked me like what races do you want to do i was like i thought that was your job i don't, I don't know what i want to do <laughs> so like i don't know like pre-trials were like we were talking about like this being like a potential like kind of like a start to the season depending on how the trials go um and like i didn't i don't know i i I didn't expect to be like racing so quickly again but like i it's not like i was like run down by the end of the season or anything it just kind of took some easy weeks and like i don't know i i think i think uh in college you race a lot more frequently so it makes sense to have like 
a lot more like spacing between things, but like now I'm racing like maybe like once a month kind of thing. So, right. It's almost kind of like, and I don't know if this is a great comparison for, for my audience, but it's almost like a, a golf season where it's like you have like the four majors and then you have like a couple other tournaments, but it's like a nine month season, but it's kind of like evenly spaced out as you go. And I feel like it's, that's much more applicable to kind of like the stuff that you, that you would potentially do, especially say distance runners that aren't specializing in the marathon in terms of like, all right, we have these certain races and I can kind of keep going and going and going uh, without there being this, like you mentioned, like this, this long extended break in the middle where it's almost like the year is split into two halves. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to take your word for it with the golf reference, but um, yeah, I think I think the races are just kind of spaced up, spaced like widely enough that there's not really like a need to like just like stop everything you're doing and kind of like um, restart things. So I'm still just like building off of previous fitness, which is fun. And like the the race you had this weekend, the seven miler was a stacked field, and that's what we're seeing with a lot of the. Um, Shoot, even the last like week to 10 days, these non-Olympic track meets that are going on with people who are super fit for trying to prepare for a potential run at the Olympics. Um, we're seeing unbelievably fast times, some really inspired races, and I'm sure that will just continue as the summer progresses. You mentioned before that you were doing just some, some effort-based training, which makes it sound low-key. I'm sure it wasn't like that low-key. Obviously, you're super fit. But um, the, the start line was littered with people who were really, really good. You mentioned that you you were attacking right from the start and led a, a good portion of the race. How much of that was you just, you know, going by your feel and your effort versus a the competitive spirit of all right, I'm 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 here to compete and I will race accordingly. Yeah, well, um, I've always been someone who's kind of like thrived on hilly, like courses and like that's why I love running on Magnolia road so much and why I love like kind of like the grind of like the up and down and like really long and like long climbs that are like, they just keep coming. And like I had that kind of in the back of my mind when the race started. And then we, it starts with like a, just about like a mile climb. That's like pretty steep. The the horse is really, really hilly. And like, I got to the top of that and was like feeling, all right, I'm feeling pretty good. I could, I think I, I think I'll I'll just keep it going. And like <laughs> every like up, every down, I kind of just kind of like kept hammering and um, I didn't feel like I was like losing any kind of like um, any of my like reserve or anything like going through that. I was just like, this is this is really awesome. I got to like the halfway point thinking like, all right, trying to do some more climbing. And I'm like, um, you, it's, it's like an out and back course. So you like go around and then you like see like at all the other runners coming. And I was, I was, just, I was like, I didn't expect me to like be like stringing this out as much as, as it was. Cause I was like, we turned around and then like you saw like the rest of the field and I was like, Oh wow. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm going to keep going. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was, I've never, I don't think I've ever, I definitely have never had a race where I felt like I was like controlling the entirety of it. And this is definitely like, I definitely did that. So that was a really like cool experience where I wasn't like, holding on to anyone at any point i was just like all right keep pushing keep pushing keep pushing that's interesting because when, when i first saw like the result and like the recap of what had happened the first thought that came to my mind was gate river like, not only because you've had some some really good experience there but also like you know being near the front with a super competitive field 
when you are in those moments where, I guess not even necessarily like you're leading, but when you are in a race and it's a highly competitive and charged thing and you're really firing in all cylinders, I guess no matter where you are in the field, do you ever harken back to those moments in races that are at least fairly similar? Or are you just like so hyper-focused with what's going on that that, that stuff doesn't really come into play? I mean, I think with this one, I was just like pretty hyper-focused on what was going on immediately. Um, I think like, Going into my next races, I I do think I'll like kind of dwell on that, what it was like to be up front in this race because I like, I've never felt like I could do that before, and like I think going into like races that are like just as competitive or more so, I can be like, all right, this is what I did before, I I definitely got it again, so I'm just I'm just excited to start the season really. <laughs> Well, I'm excited to talk about it because you're going to be heading to my neck of the woods into New, into New England in a few <laughs> weeks, which is exciting. Uh, but before we do that, we're going to take a look back, right? So we have to take a look back at, the, you know, last time we talked was a couple months ago, uh, pre-trials, and you were coming off some some really high-level racing. You were obviously feeling good. You were feeling confident. I just remember your facial expressions from our last conversation. You obviously were in a really good place. So going into the trials and going into that race, where was your... Where were you physically and mentally, you know, on race day in terms of your expectations for yourself? Yeah, I mean, I think I think I was kind of in a tricky position in terms of like, you go to the trials not to do well at the trials, you go to make the team. And the only way that I was going to make the team since I hadn't run the Olympic standard in the 10K was if I ran the Olympic standard in the 10K and also was top three. And it, during the race, it was my understanding that nobody else had any interest in running the Olympics in the 10K, <laughs> which is why I kind of ended up leading most of it. And like, obviously, I, I mean, I don't regret that. I think I, I think it was kind of a tricky situation where like the only way that I'm going to make it is if I push this pace. And I go like in hindsight, going like back, like maybe if I had just like realized maybe it's not possible to do it on this day because it was really windy and like. The conditions weren't like perfect for it, but um, I don't know. It was it was it was very tricky because like on the one hand you could you could say like if I had just like stayed in it and like not for worried about the time I would have ended up placing a lot better, which is like totally true. But other but I also wouldn't have given myself the like opportunity to like potentially make the team. So it, I'm I don't I don't regret it, but it's like just like a weird thing to think about in hindsight. Yeah, it, it really is such a tricky situation. And I remember, was this, was it a year, a year and a half ago when they were coming up with like how, I think it was in regards to the Olympic trials marathon in terms of like, where does this place in terms of like, you know, it being like a gold race or if you have to get the time versus the place and things like that. And, um, and it's, it's interesting to me at the time it became, a, it became a moot point, but it wasn't for you. And actually, we saw this with Abby in the women's 5K in the prelim going out, like having one of the performances of the entire Olympic trials, like just going out there on like this solo venture to get the Olympic standard in in the prelim, which was like so exciting. Obviously, she was right there in the final as well and just narrowly missed out. Um, And sometimes I think about this sort of thing, like in terms of like, which would I regret more? If I got like each of these results, um, is that kind of how you played out? Like, was like, all right, would I regret it more if I went for it and it didn't happen? Or if like I didn't go for it, got top three and I was like, but what if I had pushed? Yeah, I mean, 
I, I not, not to say that I you wouldn't would, have had to push to be top three. Obviously, you'd have to have like an yeah. extremely good race. <laughs> that, that, that is very oversimplistic of me. Yeah. Sorry, I have to like reframe that a God, little bit. It was so easy for them to do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no credit to, to everyone in the race that competed and did well, and like everyone that made it because like that that in itself is just like it's so competitive and so hard that like having an off day at that race is like it's very apparent because like everyone is so good everyone is like so ready and so motivated um but like i i i don't think i would change any like i would have changed anything i think if i i think if i had realized earlier into the race that like it was too windy and it wasn't happening like it like the time just wasn't going to happen because like the conditions that was like already far enough behind pace that it like would have taken like a effort that i just didn't have in me um I think I think maybe things would have played out differently and I would have competed more so than like tried just pushing from the front the whole time. But um yeah, I mean I I, I don't regret it, but it's kind of a weird thing to think about. I mean I, I I regret not getting the standard at some point in earlier in the season. And I mean I definitely tried. So I I'm I'm excited to like move forward and like know that how much more important like those getting those times is before the actual um u.s championships or the u.s trials because i think that that experience kind of serves me well like the trials is a whole different ball game if you already have the time and like all you're worrying or all you're worried about is like competing and like beating the guys that are around you Right, yeah, because you you've raced some five Ks as well in the lead up, and then you also had just some some literally sticky situations, like you're you're racing down in Texas, and the weather's awful down there, right? I mean, we, that was like one of those races, you know, when we had Kira on, you know, she finished second in the ten K that day, and I think she got lapped, and she finished second. Like that's how crazy that race was, and it was just like absolutely, it was so so brutal. Um, and then I shoot, I mean. It's also perfectly reasonable to think like there's a number of, there could be a handful of people who get the standard at the trials, right? If the conditions are right, like that was perfectly a reasonable, um, or not, not assumption, but like that eventuality was definitely potentially in the cards, um, you know, depending on some, some, some factors and weather being some of it. Um, when you're going into that race, uh, I shouldn't frame this as a hypothetical. When you went into that race, was there a certain understanding uh, amongst the competitors about who may or may not be leading the race out. Obviously, with this sort of thing, there isn't a rabbit. You don't have anyone pacing people out. Um, but there are someone, there, you do someone like yourself who is maybe positively predisposed to leading it out for other reasons. Um, how did that play out just in terms of uh, that sort of thing? Yeah, I mean, pre-race, there was definitely like some discussion about the athletes about like, there's definitely like people that don't have it, but like, who won it and like um a- agreements like that are hard to make in terms of like how you're gonna like um come to like come to an agreement with a competitor about like all right you pace this many laps and i'll i'll we'll switch off and keep alternating kind of thing so that just doesn't happen because you you can't like rely on people that you don't really know if, what they're capable of or if they're just kind of like tricking you like yeah, I I got your back. Don't worry. I'll I'll take over after the first few laps cuz you, you just got to assume that you're out there on your own and like um I don't know. It's it I I 
talked to like a few like coaches about it and they were like, yeah, just don't get into any like agreements or anything. Cause like that's, there's, there's situations where that just like doesn't pan out for people and you just kind of ended up, end up getting taken advantage of. So just kind of whatever happens, the race happens and like, don't try to set any expectations about what somebody else is going to do. Right. And I would guess it would probably be a different circumstances. Say if like some of the, some of the athletes that maybe you trained with on a consistent basis were in that, that mix, or maybe like, say like Noah was up there with you, Noah Dryde, and like you were in the same situation, like you guys are very close. Like you could be like, Hey, well, let's work together. Right. We'll make this happen. Maybe it's a different situation um, in terms of that sort of thing versus just like, I know these guys, but I kind of know them. Right. <laughs> like we just yeah. see each other around or uh, we bump into each other uh, on, on occasion. Looking back at the whole cycle, are there certain things that maybe um, that you have either regrets about or even if that's like too harsh of a thing to say, maybe things that you might alter uh, if you could, if you could, you know, with hindsight being 2020? I don't think so. I mean, I I had an awesome year and like, I, I think I definitely like performed to my potential so far and I, I like I've haven't stopped improving so i think i'm just gonna like bank on that and keep doing what i'm doing and keep working hard and i don't know i I, i'm not i it's looking back it's hard to say like oh i didn't work hard enough because i worked as hard as i could but like thinking about the future i'm i'm just thinking like i'll work just as hard but i'll be running faster (laughs) (laughs) that's just where i am now right right now beyond just like regrets or changing things how about from just a learning perspective? Are there certain things that happen during the cycle that you can learn from? Like I mentioned before, like, all right, maybe next time I'll try to make sure I have the Olympic standard pre-trials so that that's not necessarily something that's that's on the brain going in. Um, that's an obvious one, right? Were there other things that maybe you learned um, over the past, you know, four to six months? And that's not necessarily Olympic trials related, but hey, you're probably learning all the time, every four to six month cycle. And maybe there's just certain things that you just happen to take out of this one. Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest takeaway is just kind of like not stress about where you are like fitness wise right now and just kind of like trust in everything that you're doing. Cause like Richie, my coach has gotten to me to the, this, like my best when the the race comes. So I think I just need to like, I don't know, not that I wasn't doing that before, but I think I, I, I have a lot more appreciation towards, um, how he like structures training and how I kind of thrive off of it just by doing what he says. Um, so that, that's kind of a big one for me. I think not anything like I can like put into words really, but just like I'm getting better at racing. Like, generally like being able to like react to things and being able to make like tough decisions when it counts i think is kind of like not really something i can that can be like taught or anything but like definitely the like experiences of like racing like sitting on lopez lemong and like just a bunch of like little moments like that and now like going toe-to-toe with leonard career with like 400 to go that's not something that i like pictured myself doing like a few years ago so it's just kind of like a weird um, I think those kind of experiences build confidence and kind of make it so that the next time at with, I'm like heading, going up against people of that caliber that I'm, I've done this before. All I need to do is break the next, like break my limit, just the next limit and like, um, race to win more. So I don't know. I think things are, 
I, I, I just, just have like kind of a culmination of experiences that I think are kind of like setting me up for success. So I'm just really excited for the future. One thing that became abundantly clear in this cycle and at the trials themselves was just the overall depth of the quality of American distance runners, both on the men's side and the women's side. We'll talk about the men's side here with you, not just in terms of pros, but even the college runners, right? We just saw basically like two generations of runners come together and razor thin margins between so many of these guys. And when you think about that in terms of just the lay of the land, is it, what's it like for you? Like, I mean, you're, you're one of those guys too, right? You just mentioned, wow, I'm racing his learned career, but like some people are saying that about racing you, right? Like that's, you're at that level now as well. And it's, it's, it's so fun to see this as a fan of the sport to see like, you know, like the you know, kids from Oregon and Georgetown and NAU and Notre Dame stepping up and racing the pros, but also like pros at like different levels. Like you're 25, you're going to be at Falmouth. We'll talk about this, in, you know, in a couple of weeks. And you know, you're the young, you're the youngest person in the elite field, right? There's like five 25 year olds, and you're one of them. Really? Right? <laughs> yeah. So like, the, you look at that, you're like, all right, but like, it's not like while you're a pro who's getting a lot of experience. It's so interesting to see the lay of the land and just how deep it is. Have you spent time thinking about that just in terms of seeing it for yourself at the trials and having everybody there to really get a glimpse of it? Yeah, I mean, it's been really eye-opening this year, like how much the bar has been raised and how, like, in, out, like <laughs> I think early on you see, like, these college kids, like, running super fast and you're just like, how? That's amazing. It, it's still like it's it's still like january and you're like how and then and then, you, then you get to the trials and they're like still like doing amazing and you're just like you can't help but like be excited about like how competitive and how good like people in this sport are like becoming now and like um it's not i don't think there's going to be like clear winners for like any race in the future like in the near future, like at, at least in terms domestically, because you just have like so many, so many good people and like on the front end, and then you have like the people like on the back end who are kind of narrowing that gap. So it's just kind of like a mass of just all really, really, really competitive athletes who are all just on kind of on the same level. And like the bar just keep get the bar just keeps getting raised. And I think, um, me as well as like my competitors are all going to be responding to it and like rate be raised along with the bar. So I'm just, I'm just excited. It's just a lot of, a lot of people making things faster for everyone. And you ran for an, for an excellent college team and you were an excellent college runner as well. Um, not at the level of some of the guys that we just mentioned in terms of the, their, their pedigree coming into the trials this year uh, as college students. So would, what would you say to someone who was in a similar position as you were in college, right? So obviously a talented athlete who's working hard, who has aspirations to run professionally, but, yeah. you know, isn't winning the NCAA championships, maybe not even as a freshman, sophomore, junior, even make the NCAA final of some of these races, but nevertheless feels like I can do this. I really believe in myself, but I don't, if I make direct comparisons right now, I can see how people would be, you know, be negative about my aspirations. What would you say to those college runners who are in that situation, who might have great careers ahead of them uh, that they just can't see yet? Yeah. I mean, my, 
motto that I tell everyone um, regarding just like how how have you come so far, <laughs> or like how how is your because I, I was I, I think if you looked at my performances in college, you wouldn't have assumed that I'd be doing what I'm doing now. Like I wouldn't have thought this, but I've kind of I I strongly believe that anyone can do anything. <laughs> Does it, it, sometimes it's just random. Sometimes it just takes like the right like um, environment. Um, and like I think that's a a, a big factor is like I, I don't I don't think anything in my like training at Furman was like wrong or like we weren't doing like the right stuff but like I think every athlete is kind of individual and I just kind of like found something that like now works really well for me and like I think that um I got lucky I don't think I don't think it's like something that you can go out and like find like perfectly without like um kind of like a year or two to gauge whether something's working for for you so it's just kind of a toss-up but I think I think to be in college and like finishing college and like having not having like not have been like top 15 at NCAAs or like not even have made it I think leaving if, if you still want to run like there you're gonna keep improving like into your thirties. Like that's just kind of like how the sport works and how like when like people start to peak in it. So like, I don't think looking at where you are now is apparent of like where you can be because, um, your potential, like still, you don't know what it is till you've been gotten to that point. And that's, that's the tricky thing too. Cause like a lot of people don't have like the time or like the resources to kind of like invest in themselves for that long. And, um, it honestly just comes down to like passion and like how much you want to keep doing this. Um, and I'm, I've, I'm really lucky that I coming out of college that I didn't have to like, um, that I was kind of able to rely on people around me to help support what I was doing until I was like able to be like self-sustaining. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it's really important to just kind of, um, not, not run so you can, improve or but run so you can get the most out of yourself and also because you love it now how are you able to manage that dichotomy because you are a pro runner you obviously have aspirations you have goals you run these races with the idea of doing well and yet like you just mentioned the key is is not that that seems to be you know, what happens if you do the things that you mentioned in terms of having the love for it and going out there. So how do you make sure that you're doing the thing that you just mentioned that other people should do in terms of cultivating those positive vibes and that consistency over time and not worrying too much about people like me asking you about the Olympic trials? <laughs> um, well, like, not that people shouldn't set goals or anything, but I think it's kind of important to set like things that are realistic. And like, if, if I was like fresh out of college and I was thinking like, all right, I'm going to run 27 minutes this year in the 10K, that that's an unrealistic goal. And ultimately I would just be disappointed all year because it wouldn't have been attainable. Um, I think it's kind of in terms of goal setting, important to realize where you are now and like take like achievable steps to like get to where you want to be and five to six years but like 
I, I think that's kind of a challenge for people because like they look at um, people like making the team, making the, the Olympic team thinking like, I want to do that right now. And like the Olympics are every four years. Like <laughs> there's no reason to like rush things because there'll, there'll be one eventually again. And I think, I think a lot of people kind of rush things and, and don't just kind of like focus on where they are now and kind of just set their expectations and like meet, set real achievable goals so that in, in three, four years, that eventual dream can be more of a realistic thing instead of just something that seems so far off. Right. I, I love how you framed it. Like th there's like this two-step process of like anything is possible. You can do anything. But it seems like I'm not talking about the short term here, guys. Like, let's zoom out. Right. And then like there's 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 going to be steps along the way. Like, you know, like, hey, you can do anything. So go break two hours in the marathon next week. Right. Like it, it's, it's much it's much more long term for what, what could potentially be accomplished. Yeah, definitely. Just figure out where you are so that you can work your way to where you could be. And you're killing you. You have been doing so well past couple of years and, and you and certainly for much longer than that i'm just talking more about on the, on the pro side and what do you do to make sure maybe not every hour of every day but generally speaking that running is still something that you love to do is a passion of yours and that that passion allows you to be as consistent as you need to be and to do even the mundane things at times that will allow you to continue to improve and, and the improvement that we've all been able to witness. I think the kind of what keeps me sane and what keeps me from like, let it lets me like have this be fun and not just like, like a job or a chore or something um, is the fact that I have a job. <laughs> Um, which I love, I, it's not, it's not like a job, you know? Um, I think having like daily, like something that isn't running is like helped me a lot and just kind of like giving me, pers giving me perspective and like, not just like thinking about running specifically all the time. Cause I, in my mind, that feels like a little just like self-centered and self-focused. And I like try to like avoid doing that as much as I can. Cause I just, um, I love running. I do. And I love running with my teammates and I, but there's a limit to how much you can do without getting hurt. Obviously that that's, that's something I love about running too, is that I don't have to like do it every minute of every day in order to be really good at it. It's like, it's like a nice thing that I, I'm not like a professional musician because <laughs> If, if I devoted the same amount of, of passion I have into running into like a, a like musician or like some other art like that, I wouldn't be as good at that art specifically. Because <laughs> right, you have to do like six hours a day. But... Yes, people do so much for that stuff. And I'm just so grateful that I don't have to do that in running. What a great positive mindset. This is fantastic. Yeah, I feel like I would go crazy. And I like, I don't know. I don't think I'd be as competitive as that, if that was like possible for people to do consistently. Oh, that's great. All right. So you have Falmouth Road Race coming up in two and a half weeks. Uh, before we dive into that, I, I, I am so excited to talk to you about that. That's a, I live a mile from that race course. I have done a marathon on that race course. I have athletes that I coach will be running that. It's just, it's a race that for any New Englander, especially Southeastern New Englander, uh, is near and dear to our hearts. What other races do you have on the calendar before we dive into that one? 
That's the only one in the immediate immediate future I can think of at the moment. <laughs> All right, let's talk about it. The, the elite field. It's, it's, it's insane. <laughs> it's it's really, an elite field. It is an elite field, and it's not like, hey, there's eight or nine elite runners here, which is that, that would be great, right? I mean, you were just in a field like that. It was it was very good, and it was a hard race, and it was you know right to the wire as we talked about. This is like thirty five deep in the you know a race that's you know it's like seven point six miles, right? It's, it's something that's on, on the shorter side, super super deep. So this is going to be really exciting. The course is you know rolling hills it's new england in august which means it's going to be hot and it's going to be humid and the conditions uh are going to be legendary i know alberto salazar is like the name that like you cannot mention in u.s track and field but like his race at falmouth is legendary it's one of those things that like if you know the sport like he like died on the course <laughs> he came he was dead for like 14 seconds or whatever like at the finish line it's a tr- it's a classic classic race um tell me about like how how you how you frame this race in terms of not only preparing for it but just the expectations around it and obviously it's for any u.s runner it's 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 history in the making every year i am so excited it'll be my first first race ever running alongside noah my teammate who I've been training with for two years, which is crazy to think about that. I haven't had a chance to actually race them yet. Um, so that that's, that's part of the reason I'm really excited. And like, I've never, I've never had a race on like in that area before. So it's just, I'm just, I'm really stoked. I, I, I've heard a lot of really cool things about the race and just everything that runs alongside with it. So I'm just, I'm just excited. I, (laughs) I don't really have any expectations set forth about like, how it's going to be, but I'm, I'm honestly just excited. Right. You're just going to run super hard. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like, I'm going to run super hard for 40 minutes and we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, that, that, that is exciting. So one thing that I wanted to mention, I know we're, this is kind of like a recap episode. We're not going to dive too far long-term. Um, but do you think 5k, 10k is where you're going to be for a while? Again, we, I mentioned before you're 25 years old, you have a long pro career ahead of you. Um, or do you see yourself potentially bumping up to half marathon marathons, considering that you've had success at gate river, you've shown your toughness and your ability to run long in the past. Um, or do you see yourself potentially moving up in distance, um, say, you know, three years from now when we're talking about the next, the next cycle of trials and world championships and things like that? Yeah. I mean, I, this kind of season, I'm kind of like, this is all kind of in the focus of like run a fast half. So like the half is kind of like my focus right now. But, um, once like the spring hits again, I think we'll be like kind of back to the track to kind of get ready for the world championships in Eugene. Got it. And that will be fun. Back to Eugene. Uh, All right. (laughs) Yeah. Frank. Thank you so much for for being on this show all season long. I know everyone really appreciates it, as do I. Thank you so much, and best of luck to you uh, down in Cape Cod in two and a half weeks. Thanks a lot, Matt. I really appreciate you have, having me on this, and all the listeners that have kind of heard my story has been. It's been really cool to be a part of this. Well, again, I, I couldn't I couldn't be more thankful. So thank you so much. Thank you. 
Frank, thank you so much for coming on. As I said in the intro, we're posting all of these follow-up episodes on both the Rambling Runner feed as well as the Road to the Trials feed, uh, just so everyone can make sure that they have a chance to see them. And I'm just so excited to catch up with all of these folks. Again, today was Frank Laura. End of the week, we have Olivia Baker. So exciting. So much good news to share and just wonderful people to follow along with. So thank you so much for listening and happy running. This has been a production of Rambling Runner Podcast. This podcast is produced by David Margetti of InPost Media. Thank you to Meta P for the music. His song, Righteous Path, featuring Rex Mayhem and Chip Fu, is produced by Symphonic Bang. Yeah. Enterprising in my surroundings, I'm finding the quietest estates these days. This representation of storm brewing, amazed that the focus remains the vocal focal point of my change. I'm trying to show this industry.